Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Movie Mastery. Movie Mastery, the podcast where I, your host, John, and my co-host here, Jeff, watch movies you suggest, and we randomly roll every week. Watch one, watch the trailer, tell you what we think's gonna happen, then watch the movie, and tell you what actually happened. So, we have just finished watching the trailer for... This big big money rustlers. That's correct. Big money rustlers, the long-awaited and much-wanted sequel to the first Insane Clown Posse movie, Big Money Hustlers. In case, in case you missed that, it is the Insane Clown Posse (ICP). Now, it is important if you're going to be following along and watching these at home that you should go and watch Big Money Hustlers first because it sets up a lot of the stuff in this prequel. That uh, that you're really gonna need to know for you're, the you're gonna want to have it. I mean, it, you're gonna lose out on so many references. Yeah, so many of those really tight, well worked jokes that they're known for are gonna fall a little flat if you don't have that as a base. If you're if you're gonna watch Empire Strikes Back, you got to go back and watch A New Hope first. It's just you have to. It's a, it's a rule. You got to be ready to watch Empire Strikes Back. It is exactly the same yeah. with Big Money Rustlers. Okay, so what do you think's gonna happen in this thing? Having just watched the Actually, pretty goddamn funny trailer. Okay, let me just say this. When I hear that Insane Clown Posse has done a movie and it is called Big Money Rustlers, my thoughts are this is going to be the worst goddamn thing ever. Mm -hmm. And watching it, I'm right, Yeah, but it looks great. Oh, yeah. I I have no problem watching this. Uh, For one thing, I noticed that the list of stars it had on it were mostly just other singers that also appear on their record label. It was like someone named Monoxide. Yeah, and, uh, Jamie Madrox. Yeah, Jamie Madrox, the most badass guy ever named after a cookie. Also <laughs> named Jamie. Oh, also is Multiple Man in, uh, Marvel Comics. Which I assume is actually a stage name joke of his, that he was, like, a huge fan of X-Factor or some shit, so he's like, a Jamie Madrox, that's badass. Yeah. That guy has a superpower that relies on him getting punched. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, for some reason when they said Jamie Madrox, I thought in my head, Jamie Kennedy, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could see him being in an Insane Clown Posse movie. That would be exactly how far he should have fallen by now. Yeah. He'll probably be in the third one. (laughs) Uh, Which, they're probably running out of things that rhyme with hustlers, so it's it's gonna be, like, big money crustlers, and it's gonna be about, like, pizza makers. (laughs) Coming to you soon, big money crustlers. (laughs) Alright, so, so yeah, predictions for this movie. Uh, we've got... Probably, I assume it's about an hour long, which means the entire plot is Shaggy Too Dope shows back up in town and wants to clean it up. And probably just shoots, like, random guys for a long time and then eventually shoots the bad guy. I want to say that they're, maybe the, like, uh, Violent J and Shaggy Too Dope, I want to say they might be related because they are the only two in clown makeup. No, I did see one prostitute in town in clown makeup. Which leaves me wondering if maybe she's actually also connected to them in some way. Although I think she's probably the love interest for, uh, I think it's Shaggy Two Dope's good guy. Yeah. The, uh, Sugar Wolf. Sugar Wolf. And he, again, is uh, arraigned against, they're not playing friends in this, they're playing enemies, uh, Violent J in the role of Big Baby Chips. Ah, yes. Big Baby Chips. I wish I could, had that much genius in coming up with names for characters because I'd play a character named Sugar Wolf in a heartbeat. Right? Now, I mean, it takes real, real, uh, chutzpah to go, you know what? I'm gonna name my badass, super awesome cowboy Big Baby Chips. <laughs> That's fantastic. Like, okay, good job, you did it. Okay, so predictions. I, uh, let's see. 
I'm going to assume a lot of comic noises in the fight scenes. I expect we're going to hear a lot of sproings and, and like, comedic slap sounds and stuff. I have to assume there's going to be no less than two ICP songs, either sung or background music. Oh, yeah. The background music in this movie is probably going to be the worst. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is going to be one of those movies where the background music is, like, a whole song. You know, it's, like, low enough budget oh, yeah. that they just... We have a whole song from Monoxide or whatever the fuck, and, and uh, we play it from start to finish... And when it stops, we just start the next Monoxide song on that disc. Yeah. No, our our movie is like Dark Side of the Moon with Wizard of Oz. You just play an insane clown posse CD with it, and that's what's in the background. Uh, do you want to predict Fago? I'm going to say there's probably a few Fago references in this thing. Maybe. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and make the prediction Violent J doesn't die at the oh, end. I don't think he's going to kill Big Baby Chips. Okay, so you, you think they're going to walk off arm in arm into the sunset? I think, I think they might jail. reconcile. Okay. All right, well, there you go. Okay. So, uh, we'll tune in after the break. Yeah, we will be right back with our actual review of Big Money Rustlers. as bad as I expected. Right? Okay, so when we st- we started this off, and I was saying, oh man, this looks terrible, but it looks terribly great, mm-hmm. I was correct. No. First prediction, accurate. This movie is amazing. Yeah. Look, I-, I know you probably don't believe us, I know we sound crazy right now, but if you haven't seen Big Money Rustlers, turn off the podcast, go to YouTube, because the whole movie's on there for free, and watch Big Money Rustlers. Let me, let me just tell you this. Right now, during our Movie Mastery episodes, we've gotten to a point where I don't think we've gotten above, like, a four collectively on anything. No, I think we gave Wizards a four because it had some interesting visuals, and that was it. No, we gave, uh, we have Wing Commander a four. We, oh, that's right, that's right, Wing Commander has been released at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> this it's is, the, it's the future. I wanna, I wanna go ahead and, and throw this out there to our listening audience. We're going to discuss this movie. We're going to review it. There's going to be a lot of spoilers. This movie has a good enough section of jokes and things that I don't want it to be spoiled for you. I want you to watch this movie. Yeah, John wants you to go and watch Big Money Rustlers starring the insane clown posse. I am not, repeat, not just fucking with you. Please. I beg of you. (laughs) Go watch this movie. I'm getting fired. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now, uh, for those of you who are, I am assuming, now coming back to us after having watched Big Money Rustlers in its entirety, was I not correct? Was that not amazing? Okay, thank you. Uh, It's, it's, at best, at worst, it's pretty damn funny. Well, actually, no, at worst, it's it's homophobic and and, uh, very slightly racist. Well, yes. But other than that, at, at worst, it is sort of that kind of terrible southern uh, mentality for a lot of things that, like... Yeah, that Midwestern sort of sense of being... It's perfectly fine to make fun of gay people. And oh, yeah. That, like, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of sexism in there, too. But the jokes are legitimately way better than I expected. Yeah, so uh also had the prediction at the beginning that it was going to be the Insane Clown Posse songs for the soundtrack. 
And they, they, they don't do that. No, it's only on the way in and the way out do you get Insane Clown Posse music. And what they do is, they Will Smith the movie. Yeah, you get a plot song at the start of this. It is amazing. ICP Will Smithed Big Money Rustlers. Yeah, you get I a, cannot tell you how much I love this. You get a whole song at the beginning that is them explaining the plot of Big Money Rustlers to you. Which, oh. you know, granted, it's ICP music, so it's a little hard to listen to for extended period. But uh, on, but at least it is actually explaining the plot if you kind of stop and start and go back and listen again. Because, you know, as much as we love this movie, their music is... Uh, well, eh. yeah, it's rough. Yeah, so, honestly, watching this, I'm like, you guys should just create dumb comedy shorts and movies. Because you are way better at comedic timing than you are making music. Yeah. Which they've done. They, they did a kind of Beavis and Butthead thing for a little while. I remember that being a thing on MTV where it was just like Insane Clown Posse and Violent J discuss Lady Gaga. <laughs> and it was just the two of them going like, she has big cans and I would fuck her. Oh, great. Yeah, which, big surprise, right? Oh, god damn it. I don't, I, I need to find out if someone else wrote this movie for them. Because the, there are a few things that are very much like, oh yeah, this, this seems like Insane Clown Posse just came up with this. But there are some of the jokes that are just really amusing to me, and I want to imagine someone else wrote them. Yeah, no, that'd be fine. I mean, they did have a screenwriter and a cinematographer and a director and everything. Oh, yeah, Although, that cinematographer loved horse butt. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of horse butt. I, that's what I expect from a cinematographer named Pablo 3000. Because <laughs> yeah. one, one of my favorite things about watching the credits for this movie is that it seems like about half the film was done by just their dumbass friends. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we have our weird Midwestern family. Of course, one of us is a cinematographer. Obviously. We'll just hire him. And, of course, one of us is a director. We'll just get him. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Let's let's actually get into the, the meat and potatoes here okay. of Big Money Rustlers. All right. So this is a movie. It's a very generic cowboy movie in terms of the plot. The plot is that the town has been taken over by a bad cowboy and a good cowboy returns to town after an extended absence to remove the bad cowboy from being in power. Yeah, this except is... the good cowboy and bad cowboy are in clown makeup. Yes, which is rarely mentioned on the sh- uh, in the movie, but is but there, are a, few, there are several jokes. jokes. There yeah. are several jokes about it, but it's it doesn't make sense as to why they are in the makeup. They just happen to be wearing makeup. And in fact, you can always tell when one of the extras or other actors in the movie is definitely one of their dumbass friends, because they'll also be in clown makeup. Like, there's a mortician in the movie who never says anything but measures people for bodies once or twice. Yeah, and he's got very light makeup on. It's not like the full uh, black and white patterned shenanigans. He's if, got a little bit on there. If, if I can critique his his face makeup, the Insane Clown Posse do black and white clown makeup with kind of a Wu-Tang or Batman-style W somewhere on their face. The uh, This guy has a white face paint with a thin black line going right down the exact center of his face. He honestly looks like a Star Trek alien. He does. He looks like a Star Trek alien in a mortician suit. Uh, and and let me just be be uh, fair to people who are considering Insane Clown Posse-style face paint for their own home use and kind of personal life. Bisecting your face with a thin black line is not thinning. thinning. It actually makes you look chubby. So consider a vertic- or a horizontal stripe pattern of clown makeup if you would like to look a little bit better than this guy does. This now, guy looks like his face is about to break open. Now please realize that if you do put a horizontal line across your face, you will be at war with the vertical line people. Mm-hmm. You will, of course, have to rely on the Enterprise to show up and settle your dispute for you. Yeah, but at least you're going to have a lot of support from the... Fa- I believe they call themselves the fam uh, Lee. The... <laughs> 
the uh, the Star Trek Insane Clown Posse people. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of their dumbass friends throughout the film. You can, they're very easy to spot. So the uh, the hero of the, well actually we'll start with the villain because he gets introduced first. Yeah. We get Big Baby Chips. First things first. Uh, he's the realist. So he's playing poker in the opening of this. Yes. And just cheats and doesn't care. Oh yeah, he's. Uh, this is a standard thing you see in, in uh, cowboy movies: is that the cheat, the uh, villain cheats at poker. Everyone knows it, and uh, he doesn't care, and he just kills people who accuse him of cheating, even though he is obviously happy about cheating. And yet, people still show up to play poker with them. Yeah. Well, at least with this one, uh, the people he was playing poker with uh, had just robbed like a train or the uh, bank or the whatever. Bank in the town. So he was like, oh yeah, they showed up in town, didn't know him probably, yeah. and were playing poker with him, and then his poker hand that they were playing five card draw, he had nine cards in his hand. Yeah, I, yeah, that was, the, one guy was just pointing it out, he was like, you clearly have nine cards in your hand, it's like you don't care. And then he got shot. He gets shot for saying so. But this is, this is always a problem for me with the evil gambling owner business model in villain, in movies, is that they just cheat rampantly and yet people are on, continually show up to, to try. And it's like, why wouldn't they just be like, you know what, we're just going to not gamble in this town, or we'll open another casino. I mean, I can see the second one not working because he just killed the casino owners. Yeah. But, you know, must be a lot of gambling addicts in a town with a known population of 183. Well, technically, I think that opening scene is the only time we really get him gambling against other people. It's true. You don't see him usually gambling. I assume that was a rare occasion for him. Well, yeah, because he owns the casino, yeah. so he normally just has the money coming in from other people gambling, which we do get a scene later on where someone else cheats, but because that person was cheating, they break his hand with a hammer That in a scene that goes on forever. Oh, yeah, that scene goes on for quite a long time. I believe it's because it's Ron Jeremy that's getting his hand broken with a hammer, and so they, they want to take advantage of the fact that one of their uh, celebrities is on screen during that, that part. Uh, I'm not sure if that was him. I know he plays the, uh, he's the in, dad. He's in multiple scenes in the movie. Yeah. He plays Grizzly Wolf, who's the hero's father. He's also the gambler who uh, who gets his hand broken. Great. So, there's a lot of Ron Jeremy in this movie. They, they had him, well, they I were going to use they, him. They got him in there. You, you know what? Every it. movie with Ron Jeremy in it has a lot of Ron Jeremy in it. <laughs> yeah. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm getting that point across. Woo. He gets that point across. <laughs> Go the hedgehog. <laughs> Honestly, any porn with him in it is the grossest porn. <laughs> it's true. Uh, okay, so yeah, so I think, once again, I'm gonna give Big Money Rustlers the benefit of the doubt and say, honestly, the only time we see it is he's gambling against people that wouldn't know better. Yeah, so the people at his gambling table are two people who just robbed a bank, one schmuck who gets shot for pointing out he's cheating, and then his two henchmen friends. And his two henchmen friends are named Raw Stank and Dusty Poot, (laughs) and they they are far and away the worst part of the movie. Uh, they are standard dumb henchmen that are supposed to be comedic relief, but they're mostly just there to bumble around and say dumb things and be incompetent. Now, in this... So, yeah, they're kind of like the two ghosts that chase around Scooby during the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo era. Oh, my God. If you replace those two ghosts with these two guys, that show would be incredible. Incredible. <laughs> that would be really good. I can never remember both their names. One of them is Bogle. Yeah, Bogle and uh, Scrabble. That was it. Sure. Yeah, Scrabble Bo- and Boggle. Ba- Scrabble and Boggle. The two ghosts from the ghosts of the 13. 13- Sorry and Parcheesi. Yeah, how they don't count as two of the 13 ghosts. 
Well, they're not the ones that special, were released. They're, 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 yeah, they're special ghosts in the 13 Ghosts. They, they were ghosts that were around, not ghosts that were released onto the world. Yeah, released onto the world, and then Vincent Van Gool hires them to get the... the is that right? Vincent Van Gool? Well, Vincent Van Gool is that character. Oh, okay, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there we are. All right. So anyway, if this movie, if that show had these two guys, it'd be a way better show. But this movie's worse for having them in it. Yeah, because everything else is so on point with how weirdly funny it is. Yeah, that their brand of more tired, they're played ki- out. They're kind of doing insane clown posse thug dialogue. Is what is what they're trying to? Because anytime they talk, they're just kind of going, "Yeah, boy, money." That's like their thing, and and they're and, and okay. Now I. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. One of my very favorite things in this is the odd uh, blending of that anachronistic uh, gangster type thing in there. In that a lot of the time they're just like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm here to do whatever. Or fucking Violent J always talking about his motherfucking money. Yeah, he says that every time he says money. He never just says the word money. It's always... This guy thinks he's going to get my motherfucking money. But don't nobody touch Big Baby Chip's motherfucking money. Every time. Every time. And every time it's great. Yeah. (laughs) So these two guys, his two uh, henchmen are also singers for Psychopathic Records. Uh, their name Monoxide and Jamie Madrox. And those are, those are the guys we had mentioned in the intro. One of them is wearing a grill. Like he's got like a gold plate tooth grill. And I got it. This is one of the biggest points of contention in the movie is, does he know how stupid that makes him sound? Like, I have to wonder, does he always wear a stupid mouth grill that makes him sound like a bucktooth nerd? Or is it something he wore for the movie because his character is supposed to be a henchman and he thought, well, he should sound like a weirdo? Well, yeah, because they obviously dressed themselves to look as stupid as possible as well. Yeah, one of them's doing a do-rag plus cowboy hat combo. And they're, they're doing like the, uh, like, weird, saggy cowboy look. Yeah, like a combination of saggy pants and kind of, like, vest cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, they, they both look terrible. It, it's, it's, honestly to me, like, they did that, uh, the Back to the Future 3 mm-hmm. cowboy look thing, but with them from nowadays going back, uh, to cowboy era. Sure. And this movie's from, like, 2010 or so. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So anyway, the two of them are also at the table, and then there is a mysterious second figure, or third figure, who is named Hack Benjamin, who is Big Baby Chips' big violent enforcer. And he is probably the most, one of, the most compelling figures in this movie, says nothing, and is just this sort of looming, competent presence. Yeah, he's like a cowboy ninja with a shotgun. Like, he's wearing a full face mask and a big black cowboy hat, and he has a cool shotgun, and he's very fast with it. Oh yeah, and he's he's just weird and intimidating and an awesome addition to this movie. He is a better character than this movie deserves. Yeah, all, oddly enough, he is also played by one of their weird psychopathic records friends. But apparently, like I I want to say they gave him that role probably because he was the worst actor among them and he's like, "Look, just let me put me in a full getup. I won't say anything." Yeah, and he comes out looking the best cuz he's 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 quiet, he's very efficient and he's to the point. Oh yeah, he is he's that kind of weird ninja character that you get in this where he's just like, "I am fucking snake eyes in a cowboy film." Yeah. So anyway, Big Baby Chips kills all the people who accuse him of cheating at the table and then he crows about his motherfucking money and then he says in one of my favorite parts, he says, "This this town is getting boring. Too boring." 
I think a change is on the wind. Some Someone's going to come. And then we get a montage of Sugar Wolf. Sugar Wolf shown burying his par- his aunt and uncle. Yes. Who are named uh, Uncle Anus. Yes. And Aunt May. Aunt May and Uncle Anus. Yeah, just Anus. And then he gets on a horse and rides around to the desert for a while. And it's <laughs> the, the editing is great of him riding around to the desert because it's a lot of the shots of him riding towards the camera and then later riding away from the camera in the same location at the same time of day. Yeah. And... Uh, so there's, like, little bits of what he's doing when he's riding around. So he finds, like, some covered wagon family. And they're like, hey, can you help us? And he's like, nah, give me your woman. And, and, and then they're excited for her to go off with him. It's great. Well, like, it's like they're trying to give him their horse. I'm not sure what their plan was. Are they trying to sell him a horse? The whole scene is nonverbal. So they're just going, like, kind of waving at yeah, him. Yeah, kind of waving. They, they point towards the horse. And he goes, no. And he shakes his head. He points at the woman. And they're all like, yay. And then she gets on the horse with, with him and then rides off. And they, so they go, there's like a, one of those erotic lying under the stars sort of picnic scene. Except he has a fruit and cheese platter from Vaughn's. It is on the plastic. Yeah. It is so good. Yeah, it, it doesn't, it's not revealed immediately. It's, it's a pan across the two of them making out as she kind of loosens her big corset top. And then it pans down towards the fire to do the kind of, you know, gentle cutaway to black so that the sex scene can happen. And during the pan, it pans across a fruit and salami tray from Vaughn's. <laughs> Notably untouched. <laughs> it is incredible. Yeah. Again, it's this... I'm going to go ahead and say everything that's stupid in this that is hilarious, I want to say they did on purpose. Yeah, I know. It's this It's this perfect measure of competent incompetence. Yes. That, that really sells this thing. So... At that point, it, you know, in the morning, he rides off and she's crying all the clown makeup off her face because he's leaving her in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, he's just like, all right, bye. Bye. Peace out. And again, this is this is the main character played by Shaggy 2-Dope, and he's playing the character of Sugar Wolf. Yes, his last, it's not a whole name. It is Sugar first name, last name Wolf, and he needs to defend the wolf name. Yeah, he consistently makes kind of a wolf howl noise. And that is that is basically his character's motherfucking money. Like, that is his catchphrase, yeah. is the wolf howl. So he eventually rides into town and starts looking for his mama, who he knows is somewhere still in town. And he gets re- he gets referred to, and, and he keeps... Oh. <laughs> the fastest hand in the West. Yeah, they keep, they keep calling her the fastest hand in the West, which is funny because his superpower in the film is that he can slap anyone from any distance through anything at invisible super speeds. Oh yeah, they, they say something he doesn't like, and they are immediately slapped, and it is great. Yeah, and it happens a lot. Anytime anyone's talking, he just slaps them. And a lot of people put up with it and just keep talking. <laughs> like, he immediately meets his henchman friend for, rest, for the rest of the film, who is a Mexican guy in a uh, giant face mask with kind of broken hands, and he introduces himself as Dirty Sanchez, which, goddamn. Yeah, come on now. Come on, really? Gah. Dirty Sanchez. Uh, but... Dirty Sanchez is his friend and trainer, but he slaps Dirty Sanchez constantly. Like, any chance he gets, he slaps Dirty Sanchez around. And Sanchez like, ah! Okay, so, like I was saying, you need to learn how to shoot your gun better. (laughs) Ow! (laughs) Yeah, the, uh, he, like, he slaps the bartender when he gets into town because the bartender tells him that, like, his mom's Oh, you're, you're looking for handjob Hannah, and then just slaps him. Yeah. And the bartender's like, oh, well, I guess you slapped me, Okay. Uh, anyway, he, he gets referred to where his mom lives, which is, I believe, 69 Prickly Pecker Lane. Yep. Yeah. God damn. 
<laughs> and it's it's just an outhouse. And there's an outhouse, and then he goes inside, and it's like a giant uh, mansion, like, like a mansion boudoir. inside. Yeah. And again, one of the best stupid jokes there. He opens it up, and it plays that like swelling music. And then yeah. he kind of closes the door and looks around outside because it's now bigger on the inside, TARDIS-like. And the music stops. And then he opens it. The music starts again. And then he looks back out and like slowly closes the door. And then the music fades as he closes it. It's so good. Yeah, it's very well filmed. Even though the outhouse is clearly made out of foam core. <laughs> I mean, it's the movie's cheap. Oh, that oh, reminds me. So cheap. I really wanted to talk about this. We mentioned that we thought the movie was going to be wall-to-wall insane clown posse songs. No. They only play the intro and the outro. The rest is cowboy music. Yes, they they stuck with on-theme music, which yeah. is great. Really surprising. Anyway, he goes inside, and sure enough, there's a hooker inside who's his mom. Yay! And she tries very briefly to pretend that she's not a hooker, but then one of her uh, one of her johns comes out and is like, yep, left the money on the counter. You have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, so... Anyway, she's billed as delivering the fastest hand job in the West. Yeah, and... and I want to talk... Isn't that terrible? Do you want the fastest hand job in the West, or do you want the best hand job in the West? Really? Oh, I mean, it could be both. Really? Could it? You want? Your, I mean, when I'm paying, I, I want to pay for some. You know, I want time for my money. Well, I mean, she's got a line. She does so have a you, line. You want? You want to get in there and get your business done? Yeah, get in quick, get out quicker. Yeah, if you're if you're going to hand job Hannah, you've got a thing in mind. Yeah, she's the fast food of brothels. Right. Anyway, uh, she tells him that everyone else in the family has been killed for trying to get, uh, bring order to town. Yeah, so it started with your dad, Grizzly Wolf. Yeah, who's Ron Jeremy with a fake beard on. And then also your brother, Fruity Wolf, who is a gay joke. Uh, yeah, well, he was described as being Fruity. I think his... No, his name is He's Fruity. Sweet Wolf. Is it Sweet Wolf? Yeah. Okay, well, anyway... Sweet Wolf is a gay guy in a gay cowboy vest who dances around when they shoot at him, and then they eventually shoot him in the nipples and then the crotch, and he dies. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's he. He he's like, hey, you need to stop those crimes, and then they shoot him a bunch. Great, that's it. And then Sugar Wolf responds by saying, "Well, don't worry, Mama, because I'm here to fix this town." Ow! Yeah, clean okay. up the wolf name. Oh. It- and then he goes off to meet, far and away, the worst part of the whole movie. <laughs> the uh, the sheriff of the town of Mudbug. Oh, yes. They're in the town of Mudbug. Population 180-ish. And the constant running tally is kept by the movie's Greek chorus, which is a Native American sleeping near the set, the town sign. Just drinking and making commentary on what's happening. Yeah, he's kind of like... he's great. He's great. He's kind of like the... Uh, like the hitchhiker from the the old HBO movie where he just has something to say about people's hubris. He's just like, yeah, they sure did learn a lesson about crossing the old big baby chips. Me, I'm just going to sit here and drink this whiskey. Except instead of being completely like stoic about it, he's like, yeah, that guy's a dumb motherfucker. And it's like, Fuck him. I, I love you so much. Yeah. This character is amazing to me. Yeah. The running gags in this movie are great. There's Sugar Wolf slapping people, there's their two catchphrases, and then there's Sugar Wolf consistently comes across asleep people, and rather than waking them up by just saying, hey, wake up, he just shoots every time. He does it like eight times in the movie. He finds a sleeping person, he shoots, and then they wake up. They're like, what? What's the problem? What do you need? Huh. Like, not just, what the fuck are you shooting in here for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, the Sheriff of Mudbug we have established in the movie is completely incompetent, and, like, at one point tries to tell Big Baby Chips and his people, like, 
you can't have guns in here. Mudbug, you're not allowed to have firearms. Yeah, and their response is to laugh and shoot at him. And he's just kind of a pusillanimous, mewling idiot. Yes. So, so, uh, Sugar Wolf finds him, you have to make him horrible to make it so that Sugar Wolf is a better choice. Oh yeah. That's the only way this works. So he's literally just the worst possible sheriff. He's just a goofball. Yeah, so it's, the scene between them is wonderful because again, like, there's way better acting out of people in this than I would have given them credit for. Now, I'm not saying the acting was good. No. But I will say, and it's way better than I had ever imagined when we were going to get out of people. Yeah. The scene between fucking uh, Sugar Wolf and the current sheriff is actually wonderful of him just being like, Look, man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a promotion. The promotion is, you're my deputy now. Instead of the sheriff, you're my deputy. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I've never gotten a promotion before. I ain't never been no deputy. And he's like, look, I'm hungry. And you know what I need? chili and you know the best chili place is in new york city so what you're gonna do is go to new york city go to mario's tell him sugar wolf sent you get me some chili and then just sends him out yeah and he's like oh i never left non-mudbug and he's excited and he walks off and honestly i thought we were done with him i 100 percent was like oh my god I cannot wait for him to just randomly come back during, like, the end credits and be like, Got your chili! Because it's a great way to get rid of a character that was sort of necessary, but also annoying. I was like, that's brilliant. But Instead, we check up on him constantly. Yeah, unfortunately, we get progress reports on how his trip to New York is going. Yeah, so at one point he walks to Mexico on accident, and then at one point he walks to Canada on accident. And at one point he talks to Tom Sizemore. Yeah, he go he walks to California on accident and starts talking to Tom Sizemore, who's just in the desert somewhere, sunning himself in a lawn chair, and and he's <laughs> and playing Tom Sizemore. <laughs> it's and- Tom Sizemore as Tom Sizemore. Yeah, and he's like, I loved you in A Few Good Men, and... All them movies you've been in. And at first, Sizemore's trying to get rid of him. And then yeah. eventually, he's like, no, wait he, a he mentions one of his lesser-known movies. He's like, you know, I really thought that was a great breakout role. You know, and he starts talking about the movie. He goes, well, I gotta go get some chili. Uh, bye. No, no, wait, I want to tell you about my early ACA days. <laughs> I was right in the middle of telling you a story, man. And then he calls him a dumb motherfucker. And that's, it's really weird to see Tom Sizemore in the movie as himself for like a minute. Yeah, as much as I hate the... Uh, progress reports of the shitty sheriff. The the Tom Sizemore scene again, wonderful, awesome, just so, br- little bits of brilliance in yeah. this movie. So anyway, Sugar Wolf manages to convince the old sheriff to leave town, and then he starts going about repairing the uh, the sheriff station. He hires an actual deputy who's Jason Muse. Yeah, Jason oh my Muse God. is in this. They they dragged poor Jason Muse into this movie. Well, Jason Muse isn't in a lot of movies. I mean, I think he was in. I know he was in a Paris Hilton movie. Oh, good. Yeah, so it's pretty much just Kevin Smith that can get a performance out of this guy. In this movie, all he does is say, oh, crap, and at one point break the fourth wall and reference the script to the film. Yes. Again, wonderful weird bits of anachronistic stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at one point he goes, some some villains break in and threaten him, and he goes, I've read the script, and I don't die by being shot in this scene. <laughs> And they respond by shooting him in that scene. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, he just says, oh, crap. That's his that's his catchphrase. And pisses oh, himself. Oh, and he, he pees himself every time. It's like they hated Jason Mewes. <laughs> also, I really appreciated that his name was Bucky, 
and he was the sidekick, and then he died. Yeah, that was that pretty made funny. Me happy. Given that there was more than one Marvel Comics reference in this, because he's got an Aunt uh, Sugar Wolf as an Aunt May. Oh yeah, well the the Insane Clown Posse are known for being very into comic books. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a cute thing. I yeah. mean, granted, they also they have a uh, an actor in it named Jamie Madrox. So yeah, there's a lot of these. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that. Uh, you know, it's also part of the feud where uh, Eminem is more DC comics and they're more Marvel. Oh man, I wonder if even Eminem views that as a feud. That's oh, that would be great. That'd be, I mean, that's more like being really mad at like a flea or something. I, I know that Insane Clown Posse has a fan base. They dwarf us by a crazy amount. But they're still, it's not like they're, they're world-selling platinum record type guys. Oh, but they're, they're the ones with the feud against Eminem. Yeah, they just and take Eminem. He, I feel yeah, like Eminem, I also... Eminem has a few songs where he specifically disses them as well. Wow, that's awesome. They well, make, they're, they're both like, the Detroit area rappers. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well, anyway, they guess, I guess they made theirs Marvel and it shows up a lot in this film. Yeah. Okay, uh, so he manages to hire a deputy and then he goes outside to fix his, te- his sheriff building. And then a bunch of people come out to heckle him and point out that he's going to get killed because the uh, Big Baby Chips will kill him. And it's weird because it's like the whole town is in bed with Big Baby Chips. They're all like, you're going to get shot. I won't miss you. The worst part is that this is the scene where everyone that's one of their friends that wanted one line oh, is, yeah. is in the mood. So every person who talks is like, hey there, sugar wolf. I find that it's likely that you will be killified. And then uh, they get slapped. They get slapped. <laughs> There's like two people in this scene in face makeup because they're just friends of the band. Yeah, it's just, oh, I showed up like this, so, man. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. And then, oh, man, one of the best parts of the movie. He goes back in to sit down and Bridget the Midget, who is a porn actor, shows up. Her name's Bridget Powers. Yeah. And uh, and she shows up in a, in a gingham dress to give him a pie. Yeah. And there is a long, almost uncomfortable scene of them just looking at each other and like licking their lips and kind of winking and putting their fingers in their mouths and and talking about pie yeah and she's like this sure is a sweet hot pie i like a pie that's got a hand up in it that sort of thing and it's just a lot of that innuendo and it goes on for about a minute and a half and then they cap it by just having him go well thank you very much for the pie later on i might visit you and bust up that little muffin of yours It's great. It's so good. It's so good. It's a perfect capstone because it's just this whole stupid yeah, innuendo. All, all innuendos. Then at the end is like, oh, and also I'm gonna fuck you. Unrelated. Unrelated to the pie, I'm gonna have sex with you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this movie is so randomly brilliant. It's way better than it has any business being. Okay, so uh, the Sugar Wolf has been kind of busting up things. Yeah, he so, breaks up some bank robbers. So yeah. what Big Baby Chips is going to do is he is going to send assassins after him. And he's got three of them. He's got three assassins, and uh, he also has his henchman and hack Benjamin, but he says that it's a test. He has to send his first assassin as a test, and so on. So he sends the ghost. And the ghost is a pale, stompy guy who can A shoot- pale zombie that shoots laser beams he from can, his eyes. He can shoot lasers. It It made no sense. So when he's walking up, He's sort of got that weird zombie, like, rigor mortis type walk that you see, where he's either like a robot or a zombie, uh, and he's walking through town, and he's just dressed like an all-black cowboy, and he's very pale, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's the ghost, because maybe he's kind of undead-looking, I guess? Yeah, he looks a little rotted and, and, and ancient. And-, and then the first time he goes to attack someone... He shoots goddamn laser beams out of his face. He doesn't even shoot a person at first. He just blows up a covered wagon for fun. 
Yeah, he's just walking through and he's like, Yeah. And then everyone's running, screaming through town, and the sheriff comes outside and, of course, just holds a mirror up. Well, first, Dirty Sanchez has to give him that mirror. Dirty Sanchez is the actual hero of this movie. He's behind everything that happens in this film, is Dirty Sanchez. He is literally the only reason anything happens. He is this movie's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, Sugar Wolf would be dead without him in pretty much every assassination attempt. So he provides the mirror and is like, here you go. That was one of uh, the assassins. Let me tell you what's going on. Yeah. And then, and then he just well, gets slapped for his trouble, which is hilarious. The And then the second assassin is the foot. The foot, which is yet another one of their, their friends. Their, their uh, like, singer friends. And he's a guy with a giant stinky foot on a, on a steam-powered wheelchair. Yeah, he's got a steampunk wheelchair with a giant foot that stinks. And uh, he's also bulletproof. And if he touches you with the foot... You get knocked backwards. Oh, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have to ram into you at high speed. Just touching you with the foot fly, sends you flying backwards. And <laughs> all he says is, I'm the foot, bitch. Yeah. I'm the foot, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And that is his only line. And he just keeps, like, charging through town. I'm the foot, bitch. And then he spins around in his weird wheel- wheel- wheelchair. I'm the foot, <laughs> bitch. It's so good! Uh, yeah, what the oh. fuck is happening? Anyway, they beat the ghost by holding up a mirror, and the mirror doesn't reflect the lasers back at him because that would cost more money than the CGI budget they had for it. So instead, a light is shined on his face as the lasers are coming out of his face, and then his face blows up. Yes. And there's a really cool, gross scene where it's just a tongue sticking out of a smoking hole. Yes. That's awesome. And that pisses off Big Baby Chips in the... You gotta say it's probably the most racist scene in the movie, which is just him being washed by Chinese women. Oh yeah, it's it's that... Uh, geisha bathhouse like, bath thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. Come over here and scrub me, and uh, stay away from my motherfucking money. <laughs> so getting scrubbed, and he, then he's like, "I'll send my next assassin." And his two dumb henchmen are like, "Just let us do it. This is stupid. I'll just go shoot him." It's real. No, no, no. This was a test. There's a process to this. I have a process I follow. You two go tell the foot that it's okay to. When he said go tell the foot, I was like, "Oh shit, are we getting a Ninja Turtles crossover?" This. <laughs> Gonna have Tatsu and all the Foot Clan come running in here. Uh, so, so the the two henchmen, while this uh, foot battle is going on, are also sneaking around town trying to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they be- beat the foot by just tying a uh, yeah. Lasso. And again, it's, it's dirty fucking Sanchez. dirty Sanchez. Yeah, ties a lasso around his foot, and then uh, a Sugar Wolf road hauls him behind a horse into a pile of dynamite. And the pile of dynamite explodes when it comes in contact with his foot. Yes. So they blow him up, and that's the end of the foot, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of sad. And so they they catch the henchmen, and the henchmen just go to jail. And there's the best scene ever of them in jail with the bank robbers he caught earlier. Yeah. Where he is just continually slapping them and like, how are you even doing this? <laughs> We're so far away from there you. There are bars in between us. Yeah. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> and they're just, they were just complaining about how they wanted meals and phone calls, and he started slapping yeah, them. Yeah, the, the other one is, I want a phone call. Man, the phone ain't been invented yet. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just constant anachronisms. It, it's, yeah, alright, so, uh, I don't know, maybe this movie was terrible and we just have Stockholm Syndrome for what? No, I don't care. Reading you, too many. You, you at home, I, I need, this is why I needed you to watch this movie. So I can know whether or not I just went insane watching this. Whether I went insane 
clown posse. <laughs> Have you picked your family name? <laughs> uh, we are the Hatch Orts. We can't be the Hatchettes. <laughs> the Hatch Jorks? The Hatch Jorks. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We're, we're the Jorky Boys. The fucking, uh,. The bar in town also has their hatchet man symbol. That shows up a it lot. Is it's like, also, it's it is also the hatchet on, uh, saloon or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's also on his hot rod at the very end, which is hilarious. Okay, so third assassin. They beat the second assassin, and they lock up the two henchmen. Uh, this really pisses off Big Baby Chips, who activates his third assassin and starts working on the process by which he will have uh, the, the henchman broken out of jail, which is to send Hack Benjamin to bust into there and kill off uh, Bucky, the, the, the yeah. deputy. Uh, okay. The third assassin, he said, it's all, he's already in place. He's been embedded very secretly and deeply, and he's already there. And it turns out that the third assassin is Bridget Powers, the uh, the midget girlfriend of Sugar Wolf. Yes, who turns out to not be Tink. My name is Tank. And, he and it's a guy. Pulls off a mask, and it's a guy. And, and Sugar Wolf's like, but we've had sex several times. And that was the only part I enjoyed. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, a movie that was... Really weirdly homophobic. For no reason. Like For no they, reason. They just threw... And then at that, they're just like, yeah, and then we had sex and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, let's, cause we gotta finish it. Well, actually, during the foot battle, one of my favorite parts happens, which is where the two of them are lying in bed together. And this is before she's been revealed to be a big villain. The two of them are lying in bed together and he tells her that her, her vagina smells bad because the foot's rolling through town and he stinks. So he's just like, hey baby, did you wash your vagina? Cause it smells like a dirty hobo took a bath. On a hot summer day in the, in a professional wrestler's leotard after he's been working for a couple of hours in the hot sun. Oh yeah. He just makes up some really disgusting things to say. They do this back and forth. Yeah. For a while. <clears throat> anyway, later on, he, re- the tank reveals that he is not a woman at all. And the response is he try he successfully shoots Sugar Wolf through his gun hand. Yep. And then Sugar Wolf picks him up and beats him. Beats up, a, beats up a tiny mannequin. A tiny mannequin for like ten minutes. This is like the fight in They Live if Rowdy Roddy Piper, bless his soul, was fighting a mannequin. <laughs> and it's for fucking ever. He keeps doing wrestling moves. <laughs> he's, he's using the mannequin to break, to break his own house. Yeah, he's just like hitting the window with it. I'll show you as he hits a mannequin into the wall. Yeah, throws it on the ground and then does like an elbow drop onto it. Hold up, come here, you little... Oh, I'm gonna hit you. I'm, gonna, <laughs> no, I'm so angry at you. I'm gonna hit you again. I'm gonna throw you against the side of this. I'll throw you on the roof. Go get a ladder. Get you off the roof. Jump on you a few times. Throw and you into the house. Go in the house. Throw you back out of the house. It <laughs> keeps going, and it's so good. And the whole time, literally, it's sort of an ongoing Popeye monologue. Oh, yeah. It's just, He's not really even saying anything. He's just like little words are coming out. Oh, get... I'll beat you, friggin', I'll show you, grab it. Yeah, so, and eventually we finally end that. He puts a uh, stick of dynamite in Tank's mouth and blows him up. Yeah. He has to do these, the cool, slow walking away from an explosion once during the film, so yeah. it gives him that. Oh. Yeah, and then uh, he goes off to have, or he goes off to learn to shoot with his left hand. Instead yeah, of his because, right hand. Because now he can't shoot with his gun hand because that got shot through. So oh, Dirty Sanchez has to teach him how to actually be competent. Which is another one of my favorite scenes in this thing because it leads to Sugar Wolf getting offended by something that Dirty Sanchez says and tries to slap him with his broken hand and Sanchez just kind of moves out of the way. He's like, oh yeah, you can't do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I really wanted to talk about Dirty Sanchez's backstory. We glossed over it earlier. 
Oh, yeah. His backstory is that he got caught by uh, Big Baby Chips or something or other, and they broke both of his hands and then set them so they couldn't heal right. Uh, and, and then then buried him up to his head in the dirt yeah. and peed on his head. And peed on his head, which is... And then uh, Sugar Wolf's like, is that why you have a mask on, dude? Because of the scars. horrible sunburn that you must have gotten sitting out in the sun with only your head. And he's no, like, it, no, I just think it looks cool. This then slaps the mask off of him. Yeah, he's like, I think it looks super fresh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, just, no, that's terrible. Stop yeah. wearing that. And instead, he's a white guy wearing a fake mustache. <laughs> he's, he's not even a real Mexican. It's horrible. Uh, yeah. Maybe. No. I, I don't know. Maybe he is. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Whatever. He looks kind of like Kevin Nealon, is why I think... Yes, he does. He yeah. looks a lot like Kevin Nealon. Yeah. I, I, at first I was like, how did they get Kevin Nealon in this movie? <laughs> first Jason Mewes and now this? But no, he's not. No. All right. Uh, so he teaches him how to shoot with his left hand. And then they challenge him, uh, Big Baby Chips, to a high noon duel. Which they do by just putting up a sign that says it's going to happen. Yeah. And he was like, all right, great. And then apparently they had like... A month for him to get ready and practice with his gun hand. Which he gets better at shooting with his left hand. Yeah. Yeah. So he becomes the fastest gun in the West again. Has some conversations with his mom, who basically belittles him for being a wuss about his hand hurting. Yeah. <laughs> Which, there's a scene in that sequence where, there, where uh, there's a bunch of men outside waiting in a line for handjob Hannah's services, and they all have a two-by-four tied to their butt. And I missed what that was for. It's got something to do, it's some kind of, like, prophylactic or something from that era. And I have no idea what it is, but they all, they're all they all waiting with two-by-fours tied to their butts. No idea. I guess it's got something to do with how fast her handjobs are. No, no earthly idea. Yeah, it's just in there. And they have a shootout, and then it's revealed that Big Baby Chips was actually his father. <laughs> okay, so there's the great uh, Star Wars reveal where he's like, remove my face paint. <laughs> and like... So he just wipes the face paint away, and underneath is a bearded Ron Jeremy yeah. with the full giant beard. Yeah. It's so he's, good. He's Violet J, and then he had his face paint wiped off. Is it Violet? Yeah, he's Violent yeah. J. That's, yeah. His face paint wiped off, and underneath Violent J's obvious face paint is just Ron Jeremy with a beard. <laughs> and talks about how, like, he was the sheriff that this town, uh, didn't really need and then he desired money and he brought shame to their name and that sugar wolf is the true hero that this town deserves yeah and meanwhile during the shootout uh the sheriff returned with some chili yes and, and that's shot. how he won yeah so the sheriff showed up tripped through chili and that distracted big baby chips so that uh sugar wolf could shoot him yes and, and i was amazed because they had previously established in, like, flashback that he had killed two of his brothers and his dad or whatever. And I had thought that it was going to be that Hack is the one who is shooting people. Because they had said, oh yeah, he's so fast, you don't even see him bring his gun out of right, the Right, it just means a Hack is shooting them with a uh, with, with his, like, shotgun from a different angle or something. Yeah, he was he was up on a roof, and then he shot people for him. Yeah, but no, nope. they didn't do that. No, that wasn't it. Instead, Hack gets killed by Dirty Sanchez at one point. Yeah, tossed into their vo- their uh their poisoned town well. well, their poisoned town well. So Dirty Sanchez is also a big hero in this movie. Oh yeah, he takes care of the uh the dumb henchman and the competent henchman. Although I got to say one of my the funniest things that he says during that face paint off scene is, "Well, you also killed both your own sons." And he goes, "Oh no, those weren't my kids." <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's his explanation for why he killed them. Yeah. I I don't know how to tell you this, Sugar Wolf, but uh your mom's kind of a Whore. He's like, how do I put this delicately? 
Your mom's a whore. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the- it pans up, and then you get, like, a sort of rowdy credit sequence where everyone's everyone's alive again, and they're all shooting at each other. Oh, yeah, it's, it's that end sequence that instead of, like, how a lot of fucking, like, DreamWorks movies will end with a dance sequence with all of the characters. Yeah. It's just a big shootout between all of the characters at the end. With a new Insane Clown Posse song to listen to, and a bunch of people shooting at each other, and everyone's there. Yeah, it's just a big saloon brawl with all of the characters as they do, like, that freeze frame and, like, character name played by... Yeah, so that's how it ends. But the real ending of the film is just panning up off Sugar or uh, Big Baby Chip saying, Those weren't even my kids, your mom's a whore. <laughs> Credits. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, other cameos in the movie. Really, the only other one that matters is Tom Sizemore. There's oh, a- we got uh, fucking Jimmy J.J. Walker shows oh, yeah, up randomly. Jimmy J.J. Walker shows up one time in the movie, uh, and someone references Dynamite at him. Yeah. And that's it. That's all he's in the movie for. He pops up, and he's like... Hey, I'm the I'm the husband of the town school teacher, and, and I'm you need all... to you need to get rid of big baby chips, clean cause... up this town. Well, maybe I think that's Dino Mite. And then there's they literally play a crowd laugh. Yes, that's again genius. Yeah, they do a dumb obvious joke, and then the only time in the movie they do a laugh track. Yeah, they pump in laugh track over that, and Jimmy mm-hmm. Walker, whatever his real name is. Is, yeah. is, uh, Jimmy Walker. No, it's, that's not his real yeah. name. His real name is Jimmy J.J. Walker. His real name is something Evans or something. I forget it off the top of my head. <laughs> but he, he, uh, he, he just sort of looks around confused and that's the end of that scene. Yep. Real weird. Yeah, there's, this movie has a lot of weird meta humor jokes in it. And you know, I'm not sure, but I almost felt like the school teacher might have been, uh, what's her name who played Red Sonia? Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look up because they didn't do a freeze frame on a lot of the, like, uh, no, there's no freeze frame for Tom Sizemore. There's no freeze frame for uh, for that guy who sells chili in New York, who is clearly yet another one of their rapper friends. Well, yeah, just some guy that they know. Yeah, it's just some friend of theirs. I yeah. So anyway, great little saloon brawl at the end that kind of sells uh, puts the movie away. Yeah, and then and there you go. And then we get during the credits. Oh, the, the outtakes, reel. which again, the outtakes are amazing. Yeah, you need to see them. They're really good. I don't want to, I don't want to say them because they're they're legitimately no. funny outtakes. Yeah, it is actual legit humor. What the that I think that's the biggest thing for me is I was not expecting legitimate comedy. I've seen some random bullshit that people have thrown together for like here's our comedy movie. We do stuff and now now we're making jokes and I'm like this is terrible. Your jokes are awful. You don't have any delivery. You don't have timing. This is terrible. Yeah. Whereas. Oddly enough, there's, I don't know if it's the editor or the director or if they're just naturally good at saying stupid bullshit, but so much actually hit in this film that so much of the misses didn't really matter. I think there were a lot of times during this film, too, where you and I were predicting what they would say next, and then they just did. And we were like, oh my god, they actually have the same comedy sensibilities we do. (laughs) What is happening? I was like, oh man, it'd be great if they made a joke like blah. And then they did that. I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so I feel like there's a uh, a writer who wrote for the AV Club for many years and then moved on to the Dissolve or something and then has recently returned to the AV Club. Uh, his name's Nathan Rabin, and he, early on in his time at the AV Club, went to a gathering of the Juggalos mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, was trying to do it as like, the New York outsider perspective. I think he's actually from Chicago, who gives a shit. And he, you know, he goes to a gathering, and then he comes back, and he's like, oh my god, you guys, this shit is amazing. These people are the best. I'm, 
I'm a fucking juggalo now. That's, I went, I'm gonna go to every gathering from now on. I mean, granted, the meth and the fights and the gross prostitution and so on are, are pretty terrible, but the people are so friendly and the and stu- I, I feel that's a perfect way to phrase this. Yeah. Cause you're like, okay, so the racism and the homophobia in this are terrible. But the movie is genuinely funny for the things that aren't that. Yeah, and, and I went in with the same view as he did in the first day, like first couple days. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be so terrible!" Like, it's going to. I'm be just going to be here to make fun of I, the insane clown. I'm going to hate this. This is going to suck. I'm just going to come back and make a bunch of meth jokes. And I come out the other side going, "Oh my god, am I a juggalo? Did that just happen? Do Except- I do I now need to go find big money hustlers and watch that too?" Oh man, I do not. I don't. I, I feel like <laughs> I don't want to watch it. I'm not a juggalo. I still don't like their music. I still am terrified of their horrible Midwestern meth culture, but this movie is an island in a stream. Are you sure, though? Are you sure? I'm not wearing face paint today. I am! Big reveal. (laughs) Oh, God! He had face paint under his human face paint. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like the, uh, I'm like the Joker in the original Batman. Yeah, or, uh, in the, the, the Batman Begins, he did that too. He put human face makeup on and then he wipes it off and there's Joker makeup under it. No, sorry, Dark Knight. It's the scene where he pretends to be a police officer. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that, right? Everyone remembers that, right? That's a great scene. <laughs> In a movie I don't even care for. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Hate mail. <laughs> Send us your hate mail about how Bat- Dark Knight is the best Batman. You know what it is? It's the best Batman movie. I still don't like it very much. Yeah, it's because you don't like Batman. Also, Christopher Nolan. I lo- No, I-, I like Christopher Nolan. I don't like his Batman movies. <laughs> I like The Prestige. That's a great movie. I don't like Dark Knight because the editing is terrible. Ah. Okay. So there you go. Come at me, bros. That that has been Unpopular Opinions with Jeff. It's the best Batman movie ever made. They just haven't made a good one yet. Ah. And I love Batman. That's why I'm so angry about it. <laughs> That's what's so crazy about this. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's go through <laughs> what our favorite and least favorite things about... Big Money Rustlers were. Hell yeah. All right, John, what's your favorite thing about Big Money Rustlers? So Big Money Rustlers, definitely the number one favorite thing in this is the, I'm going to go with the weird anachronistic stuff. Mm -hmm. The random, uh, the way they talk about things, the references to stuff that doesn't exist yet. Just weird, like, references to, uh, like, the phone thing that hasn't been invented. Or just their way of speaking I don't know why, but it just tickled me so much that they were doing a straight Western that then they just went, oh, by the way, all of our dialogue is exactly the same as if we were shooting this in modern day. Yeah. Uh, for that, for some reason, I loved that. Yeah. And it's funny because it's so clearly cheaply shot. Like, when they pan around in the town, you can clearly see that there is a private golf course next to it. <laughs> like a modern private golf course with manicured greens. <laughs> Uh, okay, so your favorite thing in Big uh, Money Rustlers? The outtakes are my favorite part of this. Watching those, the outtakes blew me away with how funny oh, they were. Oh, definitely. The, uh, just because it was unbelievable to realize that Shaggy, uh, or that uh, Violent J actually has a quick improv bone in his face. When he was like, Citizens of Mudbug, I have come to tell you that an airplane is flying overhead. <laughs> I did not know they had been invented. <laughs> they, they kept, they had like four shots where an airplane was flying over it. And he's just like, uh, I we, need to tell you a missile is headed towards town. An Air Force has been invented by me. 
Oh. So I'm going to give the outtakes my favorite part, because mostly the anachronisms were also really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so least favorite part? Okay, so least favorite in this movie... Well, there's two big ones. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take the racism. Okay. You can go ahead and take the homophobia. I might also take the sexism, but you go ahead and tell me about the racism in the movie. All right, so the, the one scene that was sort of the Asian bathhouse was bad, but not the worst. Like, it's stereotypical, but at least they weren't doing... Anything particularly terrible with no, it? No, they were just basically Asian prostitutes. That yeah. was that was, was, that like, was all it was. Okay, fine, sure. The dirty Sanchez as a character, I'm like, don't fucking do that. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Like, come I mean, on. granted, he's the hero of the movie, but his oh, name yeah, is... Oh, yeah, the the fact that they didn't just make him into a one-note Mexican joke in that he actually is, like, the linchpin of winning in this movie He's is their Zorro, character. really. If you think about it, he is a Zorro joke. Yeah. He's wearing a mask, he has a big sombrero hat type thing, he's got a serape on. He's he's a Zorro, except that he's also become kind of the Gene Wilder in Blazing Saddles character. Yeah. So, uh, he is super interesting in that way that, again, and that's probably why I hate that they did that. I'm like, but you made a character that's actually an awesome character, and then you gave him the worst stereotype Mexican accent and called him Dirty Sanchez. Yeah. And I'm going to say that the sexism, there's a really homophobic scene in this movie, but it lasts two seconds and it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, but the sexism in this movie is that there are two women in the movie with speaking roles and they are both prostitutes. Hey now, she isn't a prostitute. She's, she's an just, assassin. Yeah, she's an assassin. Yeah. She okay. doesn't do anything for money. She sleeps with, well, no, she clearly is also a prostitute because she sleeps with Sugar Wolf for money she's being paid by Big Baby Chips. So, doesn't well, matter where the money's- That's an assassin, not a hooker. <laughs> she's also a hooker. She's both. She's a hooker who kills. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, she, so there's two female characters in the movie and both of them have sex for money. Uh, there's, the only other women in the movie who even talk are just some singers at one point who are singing about how they don't like anal sex. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. They're at the fucking saloon talking about things and there's an, a, uh, act on stage that is just these three women singers and the whole song is like, hey, don't, don't put it in my butt. He, th- their line is, he couldn't put bring his pecker near my butt. Near my butt. Near my butt. That's what it was. That was it the was, song. It was a great song, by the way. Number one hit. <laughs> Number one jam. He couldn't bring his pecker near my butt. That is that is the new space jam for movie songs. That is going on. Everyone's going to love that now. So yeah, my least favorite part was probably going to be the sexism, because there's just, the, the roles for the women in this movie are mostly just, oh, we sleep with people. I mean, granted, there's that... One line by a school teacher that I just remembered, who's just like, yes. like you're going to save the town. Thanks, Which school is, teacher. It was really surprising that big money rustlers didn't pass the Bechdel test. Uh, yeah, you're right. It should have <laughs> totally passed the Bechdel test. We should just pretend it did to get people to watch it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to lie to you and say that this movie is in any way progressive, because it isn't. No. But here's the deal. There's an Adam Sandler movie about cowboys coming out on Netflix in the next couple of months. It is worse than Big Money Rustless. Yeah, guaranteed. 100% guaranteed it is le- is more lazy than Big Money Rustless. Yeah. So, it's better than some films. All right, so there you go. Uh, we've said our favorite and yep. least favorite. So, what now, would you- now it is uh, it is time to go ahead and give our ratings for this. Mm-hmm. The way that works, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time to a movie mastery, we are each going to give a rating between 1 and 5. Combine that, and that's going to give you our total score out of 10. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Jeff, what are you going to go ahead and give Big Money Rustlers 1 to 5? It's going to get a 4. Holy shit, ladies and gentlemen. 
The one score is now tied for our best score for anything else. Just one of us, that's correct. Yeah. Because the movie had me laughing throughout. It had me cringing a few times from homophobia and sexism and so on in a sort of childish, stupid way, but never in a deeply offensive way. Just sort of childish, stupid shit. This locker room sort of jokes. Yeah. Um, that I was expecting to be way worse in this movie than they actually were. Oh, you know what? While we're wrapping up, there are a few predictions that we mentioned that we never talked about. Is the movie full of cartoon boing and slap noises? Yes, it is. 100%. Yeah, so there you go. One last prediction. So yeah, it's a four. It's it. I, I was laughing throughout. I was pleasantly surprised by the insane clown posse. Yeah. And John, your rating for this movie? I am also giving it a four, which brings this up to an eight out of ten. Holy shit. Like, the same reason. I was sitting there throughout the entire film, gut laugh. Like, yeah. not just, ha, huh, oh, that's that's funny. It was, like, hysterical laughter at yeah. what was going I, on. And sometimes I felt like I was laughing at it instead of with it, but I don't care, because I was laughing. No, either way, and I think it's the type of movie that invites you to laugh at it as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely does. So, again, just hysterical. The the shitty parts of it, the, the homophobia, sexism stuff, is, again, just dumb. It's not like trying to be offensively bad. Like, with the Dirty Sanchez, I think it was just like, teehee, that's more a sex humor joke. That was my first thought, was it was a sex joke, yeah. Yeah, then it is specifically trying to be racist, but it comes off as being pretty fucking it's racist. It's pretty racist, yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. Now, I know you guys are thinking that we're crazy, but if if I'm a pilgrim to Gomorrah, then I'm a pilgrim to Gomorrah. <laughs> but, but judge me not, lest ye have also watched Big Money Rustlers. Get Get a group of friends together. Get your dumbest group of friends together. Yeah. Sit them down. Get YouTube up. Get Big Money Rustlers going and watch this movie. We should tell them, we chose this movie by, I rolled twice on the big wheel of what should we watch because we had friends over and I didn't want to subject, or to subject them to just whatever literal horror show came out of our, <laughs> our, our uh, movie recommendation. So I rolled twice and they begrudgingly picked this over the other movie. I won't tell you what it was, uh, because this was funnier when we watched the trailer. Yes. Uh, that was the reason we came around to watching it, but we still expected it to be horrible. But even they left the night going, that was crazy good. Yes. So it's not just us. It was also the friends we had over. Yeah. So there you have it. Okay. So, uh, thank you very much. Eight out of ten. Uh, tune in next time for Movie Mastery when we will review a random thing that we roll up. Mm -hmm. And if you want to suggest a movie to us, Go ahead and get at us at any of the social media. We're on Facebook, System Mastery. We're on Twitter, at System Mastery. Gmail, at System Mastery. Yeah, and... Uh, the website itself. Yeah, so SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Go ahead and, and subscribe. Uh, give us a rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, let other people know we want to become the only podcast that people listen to where they review movies. We want to corner that market. Oh, yeah. We don't think anyone's doing it right now. It's a new thing. I think if, if you guys have found any other podcast that reviews movies on a regular basis, they are copying us, send them a cease and desist letter. Yeah, please let them know. Just, just you know, point them back to us and go, look, I know you guys want to be like Movie Mastery, but just let let the professionals do their work. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thank you. There you go. So, so, yeah. So we will see you next week for another Movie Mastery. Thank you so much for tuning in, and you have a great week.